You're about to listen to the words and teachings of Pastor Shola Oshimakide of the household of David. Be blessed. Bible says, and to the angel of the church in Philadelphia writes, this thing saith, he that is only, he that is true, that are the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and he that shuts and no man openeth, I know thy works. Behold, I have said before you, an open door, and no man can shut it. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, the revelation of God that you have determines the kind of message you receive from Him. Jesus spoke to seven churches and he introduced Himself in seven different ways. So, God is not limited to one man's revelation. Say amen. So when he spoke to the church in Ephesus, there was something he told them. And then the church in Sardis, and then the church in Pagamos, and then the church in Titura or something like that. And now this is the church in Philadelphia. And he spoke to them about setting a door before them that no man can shut. But he introduced himself as the one that opens. The one that has the key. Let's read again. That's very important. Verse 7. Praise the Lord. <laughs> this thing is here, he that is only, he that is true, he that had the key of David. It's not by mistake that the name of this church is also of David. There is a key called the key of David. When you have the key, all doors are open. <laughs> Amen. He that openeth and no man shuts. Why the key of David? So when you study the Bible, words are very important. Why not the key of Moses? Why not the key of Aaron? Why not the key of Elijah? Why the key of David? And I explained that for service, which are we? Okay, I spoke a little about David, but I just want to bring more light to that right now uh, within the short time that we have. He said, when you know me as the one that has the key of David, what happens to you is that doors are open. Everybody wants an open door. But the way to read is to understand, to have a revelation of Jesus Christ as the owner of the key of David. And that revelation is rooted in one thing, and it is called the love of God. Hallelujah. Hebrews 13. Let's read Hebrews 13, verse 1. So remember, the church in Philadelphia. So there was a church, he told them that, you are neither cold nor hot, I'm going to spill you out of my mouth. He told the Ephesus church, the first church he addressed, in chapter 2, he said that you have left your first love. And he said, repent from where you are falling. Otherwise, when I come, I will remove your last stand. That means I will remove your relevance. You will still be a Christian, but you will become irrelevant in the things happening. So, he said different things to different churches. He told a particular church that the devil is about to kill some of you and that some of you will be persecuted. But he spoke to the church in Ephesus. So, the names of all the names of all the churches, or the name of each church, uh, is also beyond the, their, their physical location, as at the time being addressed by Jesus, to also, it connotes something spiritual. So Philadelphia is from a word, philio, 
So Hebrews 13 says, let brotherly love continue. If you have Hebrew Greek Bible, what you are going to see there is, let Philadelphia. So brotherly love, so Jesus Christ was not speaking only to a church located in Philadelphia. The church was in Philadelphia as at the time that the book of Revelation was being written. But actually, by revelation, Jesus is saying right now to the church that has attained to the level of brotherly love, I have said before you an open door. Amen. Did you get that? Yes, That's what I'm saying. Let Philadelphia, let brotherly love continue. Brotherly love means a lot to God because the most lacking word or lacking virtue in the church of Christ is for believers to walk in love towards one another. And I start on this note for service because it's a test that every saint will pass through. So I told them that the three major tests that David passed and God said, this is a man after my own earth. He had an adversary. He had somebody that hated him passionately in the name of King Saul. And the first temptation, Saul came to uncover his feet. The Bible says, and that means to ease himself. He wanted to use the toilet while he was on the journey and there was no toilet. So because he had bodyguards, but because, you know, he used to wear royal robe and all those things, to defecate, he was going to remove everything. And they must not see the nakedness of the king. So they excused him. He entered the rock by himself. Not knowing that David and his men were inside the rock. And one of the men of David said to David, this is the day that the Lord has said that will deliver your enemy into your hand. How many people in the present day shall pray that the enemy should die? How many people say, die, 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 they want other enemies to die? And we begin to ask ourselves, where do we find such a New Testament scripture? For God does not wish that any man should perish, but everybody should come to the knowledge of truth. Greater victory for Christ for an enemy to repent than to die. Can I hear amen? amen. But Africans, we like misery prayer. Are you, are you following me? <laughs> Praise the Lord. So one of them said that, see, God, oh, yeah, kill him now. And David said, no, 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 no. I cannot touch the Lord's anointed. And I said something very profound for service. Very deep, even though that's not our direction. The Lord's anointed, as we use it now, is faulty from the original translation. So from Psalm 105, the Bible says, He suffered no man to do them wrong. He rebuked kings for their saying, Touch not my anointed, do my prophet no harm. That is not talking about a pastor. That is talking about every Christian. Not he suffer no man to do him. He suffer no man to do them wrong. He rebuke kings for their sake. The, that scripture is talking about the entire Israel coming out of Egypt. They were all the Lord's anointed. Did you get that? That's very important. So when somebody speaks against a pastor, put up another defense. But using that scripture is not exactly correct. Every Christian is God's anointed. And God is saying that the enemy, I'm not saying it is right to attack pastors. I'm just saying that put scripture where it belongs. You don't get that? There's no Christian. See, the simple thing is that if you're in a church and you don't trust the pastor, leave and go to another church. Very simple. Don't be stay there and be running your mouth and be saying things. See, <laughs> amen. That is why people don't want. See, sometimes you get to ask people that. So all the problems you are complaining about, so why are you there? Why did you stay? Why are you there? Then leave. Anyway, but that's, um, if I turn, I would think I'm talking about the current issue. I don't talk about current issues. See, what I, what I hate about college is everybody suddenly has an opinion. Thank God, to, thank God for Facebook. Everybody's, so people are so, I think so, many people have a very boring lifestyle. 
that the only way they entertain themselves, something comes, or if it's not Naira Mali, it's Dollar Mali, or whatever, and everybody has an opinion. Everybody's talking. And I'll be like, well, days that I still have Facebook, if you, you only be relevant for 24 hours, you are talking about trade issue. Hey, there's, it's one guy in America who did something, and then somebody, people are arguing in Nigeria about an American guy. Arguing there at night, and then, you know, so even for the first time, they are going to see 30 comments on their thread, and they like it. And the 30 comments are just five people talking three times each. So they like it. <laughs> you know, so they, they enjoy it. Hey, hey, we are talking about the issue. We are talking. Now, once there is a prevailing issue in the country, anyway, I don't talk that time. It's just a waste of time. Because, number one, you cannot change anybody's opinion. Number two, no matter the issue being discussed, you will have those for and those against forever and ever. That's why I stay away from political issues on Facebook. Also, you will have people on this side, and people will hate and fight each other on a matter that will soon pass away. A governor did something. Yes, yeah, he's, he's not supposed to identify fight, so that's why I don't say, um, amen. amen. Are you following me? <laughs> amen. Anyway, <laughs> um, so Jesus. He's saying something to a church that has attained to the level of brotherly love. Because love is powerful. So when David said, no, I'm not going to kill this guy. Maybe David remember how Saul brought him to palace when he was nobody. And then he realized that oil was poured upon Saul. He was consecrated, anointed as a king. Because here is how he works. Any throne you plan to sit on, if you attack it, you will never sit on it. If you can accept, which I started saying last week, I started talking about this last week. If you can accept and celebrate the rising of other people, you are blessed indeed. And other people are talking about the closest people to you. Because it doesn't mean anything to you when they say, guys in America is also 30 years old and is a billionaire. But when is your friend? That you went to the same secondary school together, and then offense will start. You will now one day you will call him and he won't pick. Hey, see, because he's a millionaire now. Offense, picking offense is optional, and you have to train yourself so much in the love of God that you don't get offended. Because I'm going to show you from Abraham's Lord, offense will call Lord you. It will cause you to be blind. The Bible says that hated his brother walks in darkness. You won't just see. You begin to make wrong decisions. Unhealthy reverend. When I was in school, one guy would ask out a lady in our fellowship, and all other ladies would see any reason to say something against the guy. This is a Christian, but a Christian. It's another day. And then I'd be like, why? Yours will come. When there were just two brothers in the, on the old, in the old land, just two brothers in the old world, one killed another. He offered sacrifice. And his own was rejected. And the brother's own was accepted. In a unit, somebody celebrated. Someone else is angry. When I came here, nobody commended me. Now he came and <laughs> The Bible says, to the church of Philadelphia, where believers have gone to the level of brotherly love. So David said, no. Oh, if this love, agape, will reign in your homes, we will stop having cases of Christian couples fighting. But one person wants the other person to change before I... No, tell him. Every time people sit before me talking, 
the woman says, I'm not saying I'm perfect, so, but you must. And you be like, can you fix the problem you are first? Then the man says that, you see, I, I'm not saying I'm a perfect person. I know I have my own flaws also. But this woman, can we start with you? Love. When David passed the first one, he told the guy, no, I'm not going to kill him. Ah, God must have looked at the angel that you'll see my boy. Then, so let, then the devil took the temptation to second level, which was harder. Saul came to look for David, and while waiting in the night, he slept, and his soldiers slept around him. And David tiptoed to go there with his guy. One guy followed him. And Saul's javelin arrow was behind his head. But the Bible said the Lord had caused a deep sleep. They didn't wake up, and David was in the midst of soldiers sleeping. And David's spear told him that, ah, my Lord, let me take this arrow, <laughs> this spear, and pin the guy once. Say, I won't do it twice. That's how King James, because I won't do it two times. And David said, no, don't. He is still the Lord's anointed. The guy was like, ah, sir, it's just one, once, just once. But, mm. And the king is gone. He said, he won't even wake any soldier up. The first one, David had the opportunity of doing it. He said, no. The second was higher. Now, it was not him. Someone else wanted to do it on his behalf. At times, some of us don't back by, don't say things. We don't retaliate, but we rejoice when someone else does a dirty job for us. So David said, no. I won't do it, and I won't allow you to do it. God was like, oh, wow. Then the devil took you to the third one, the most difficult. Then somebody appeared one day with crown and sword and spear, and he said that I have killed Saul. We all know, we all know that you are supposed to be the king. Say so Saul is dead now. I killed him. Actually, the guy didn't kill, so he was lying. He thought David would give him reward. <laughs> then they brought the crown. He said, Here is the crown. So the first level, he did not do it. Second level, he stopped somebody from the third level. He did not rejoice when he heard that it's been done. And God was like, This is a man after my heart. And the name David has become a transgenerational name. So everyone that addressed Jesus as son of David had mercy on me, he stood still and he responded to them. The nitty-gritty of Christianity is to be rooted and grounded in love. Let's read Ephesians 3. And I begin to run. But are, you, are you following me? Praise the Lord. We are in the days of rebellion. The days of people getting offended. There has never been a generation more arrogant than our generation. And the saints must be different. Somebody is earning 500k per month, nobody can talk to him again. Not even his parents. And these things, amen, let's read. Ephesians 3, let's start from verse, verse, seven, verse 17 precisely. Are, are, you, are, you, are you following me? This is the way to the highest level. The Bible says that Christ may dwell in your heart by faith. That you be rooted and grounded. Shout that word grounded. grounded. Say to your neighbor, you can be grounded in love. And say you need it. Turn to someone and say you can be grounded. You can be grounded in love. And you need it. When people hit you, what comes out of his love? The Bible says, be rooted and grounded in love. Look at what will happen when you do that. 
may be able to comprehend with all the saints the breadth, the length, the depth, the height. Ooh. Many people want the same anointing that they've seen Elijah walking to call fire down, to speak about this time tomorrow, a measure which shall be sold for a shekel. So you want to say, about this time tomorrow, five million will enter your account. Your mom is complaining about money. Say, mommy, by this time tomorrow, and you want authority of what? But are you rooted and grounded in love? If not, when that kind of power is flowing through, thou shall kill many people. Somebody drives nonsense for you and say you are crazy and the person becomes crazy. <laughs> so the Bible said the, the, the key to it, you must be rooted and grounded in love. Then when you do, you can compare with all the saints. That means whatever mystery, whatever mis- mystery that Paul had, revelations revealed to these people, any Christian can walk in it when you are rooted and grounded in love. All the saints, whichever saint you like in the Bible, Daniel interpreting the dreams of kings. You two want to stand before your CEO and tell you, tell, tell, if you do it like this, like this, like this company will never fold up. And the blessing comes upon your company. You long for it. The company is in trouble. You want a revelation where you can provide solution to what is going on, but you cannot assess it. The Bible says if you are rooted and grounded in love, you'll be able to comprehend with all the saints. Whatever anybody has achieved in the Bible can become achieved. You will comprehend with them. If you are rooted and grounded in love. And the Bible adds one more word, which is very deep. And to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Is it possible for a mortal man to be filled with the fullness of God? Yes, because the Bible says God is love. Love. Hallelujah. First John 2 thing. Let's read. He that loveth his brother abideth in light, and there is no occasion for, of stumbling in him. Oh, so it is possible that with daily decisions that I make, I don't stumble. The, the light comes from walking in love. You can get to a point in your life, you don't stumble. You never wrongly invest money. Many times we don't know. So Jesus said it this way. It was so serious to Jesus that he said that, brethren, listen to me. If you are going to the altar with a gift, and there is something between you and somebody, oh, how I will the church will obey this. Even people come to church, do husband and wife will drive all the way from their home to the church and they are not talking. This one is facing this way, one is facing this way. And they are coming to church. <laughs> the Bible says, this is what the word of God is saying. Non-occasion. It, you can get to the point where you don't stumble at any point of your life. And it's connected to if you love your brother. Jesus said, once you are coming to the altar, and you realize that there's something. Said, leave, leave your gifts. Leave it and go and reconcile. He said, therefore I say unto you, whatever you bind on earth, we are many people trying to bind, but they are not working in love. It's an effort in futility. Hallelujah. The power to bind is attached to forgiveness. Jesus said, forgive. Every time when I talk about two of you bind anything, first of all started preaching a message of forgiveness. That this is the foundation. You cannot build on anything that has no foundation. The foundation of binding and losing, ability to command spirit and they obey you, is to be rooted and granted love first. The love issue must be settled. Can I hear a loud amen? amen. No, I said a loud amen. amen. 
Now some are looking at me like, okay. <laughs> are, you, are you following me this morning? Yes, so this is the key to be rooted, to be grounded in love. Hallelujah. Oh, wow. So you cannot stumble. But the Bible also says that he that does not love his brother, he walks in darkness. So we read first service. That was what happened in Genesis 13. To Abraham and Lot. Abraham called Lot. Immediately, be the one who is always making peace. The Bible says, blessed are the peacemakers. Remember, for a week, for about two weeks, I've been talking about things happening in the house of God. And I'm not talking about our church. Now I'm talking about the global church. Division, strife in families, among siblings, husband and wife. Hallelujah. So Abraham called Lot and he said, let there not be a strife between my earth's men. And I said, earth's men problem is as old as Bible. So earth's men crisis in Nigeria is not new. <laughs> Amen. So the first earth's men crisis happened in Genesis 13. So Paul called, so Abraham called his cousin and he said, he said don't let our earth's men be fighting. And then Abraham said to Lot, he was just looking for a way of peace. He said, separate from me. When you go this way, I will go this way. And Lot, who was brought up by his uncle, stood before the uncle and he said, okay, I want this land. The Bible says he looked at how, oh, how many times people pick by sight. Some of our brethren were praying with a, a particular brother. And some people told him that we do not feel this is time for you to travel. The guy traveled all the same. Within two years, he called his wife and two kids and he said, I look for another husband. I found a wife here. Sometimes there is a way that seems right to a man. If God does not give you light in this world, you will make mistake. See, this is why I am very reluctant. Whatever time, from unbeliever to believers, once somebody's nakedness and things have been discussed, I don't want to be part of it. When you do that, you shield yourself more. Fools talk a lot. They give opinion on every matter until it comes to their matter and they are torn into shreds. Are you following me? Learn to guide yourself. You are in the office, they are discussing another colleague and everybody's talking about this one, about that one. Is it a crime to learn how to keep quiet? Those who genuinely uphold others in the place of prayer don't talk much. Those who talk, remember, every, the most sure, the, the Lord, the surest law in this world, is the law of sowing and reaping. It is true. You don't have to be a Christian to believe it. Just plant something at the back of your venue. You are going to say, and what you sow cannot be equal to what you are going to reap. What you reap is always more than what you sow. Learn to sow right words. Learn to sow right words. In my years of being Christian, I've noticed some people when they're in the church, once a decision does not go their way, they begin to grumble. They, they start complaining. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 10, the Bible says, do no murmur. God hates murmuring. Anytime you go to church, amen. I told them for service, and somebody had posted on Facebook already. If you don't depend on God, you will hate men and you attack men because men will disappoint you. Sometimes, not intentionally, even the best of men. If I tell you, madam, coming to your house and they are shooting on the road, I will go back home. Wisdom is profitable to direct, and I won't come. Only God can come through at all times. These people pick, somebody goes to his uncle's house, he sees a brand new car outside. He's a student. Now he's thinking in his heart. Maybe he wants to pass a night. When I'm leaving tomorrow, uncle instead of giving me 5,000, will give me 20,000. Uncle don't hammer. I can see a new car. 
You don't even know whether uncle took loan to get the car and they don't have any. And your uncle can, and he says, ah, okay, money 2,000, and you are angry. And you begin to murder your uncle in your heart right there. And then you go, ah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what. See, the, if you always depend on God, whatever comes from it, you appreciate, but you don't make them yourself. So you don't get angry when they disappoint you. I told them for service, one day I was talking with Reverend Sam, and Reverend Sam was telling me that people won't believe that at times my account is depleting like that, it gets to 10,000 era. Somebody meets me at that time and he says, that Reverend Sam, I need 50K. They said, the old pastor of this over 30,000 cannot give me 50,000. I don't want somebody pass, and they will start running their man without knowing. Because he won't tell you that I do have money. Because in the school of faith, we don't say such. That a man is worthy does not mean an account, money is taxed in his account, except those who steal. But there are many people, it comes, and except if you are in, in the ministry of distribution. Sometimes I have seven in my account, 7,000. If you are in the ministry of, if you are, and you know what, you should not, I think I, I, I made this on Facebook, because of pressure, we almost fell into the same thing. When we repair all the street lights on these streets and we fix the gutter and the rest, I put it on Facebook and the Lord told me that no. The church should not, because of activists shouting against churches day and nights, begin to announce our welfare package. It is wrong because Jesus said, your right hand must not know what your left hand is doing. And we must obey Jesus, not press men. Some churches are beginning to be so everybody wants to talk about we built hospital, we built something. Who, who are you afraid of? What is man and what can man do? There is, I haven't read in Matthew chapter 4. The Bible says you shall be hated by all nations for my sake. When you are a carnal Christian, you don't understand what is going on. This end time, churches will be hated passionately. Jesus' words must come to pass. He said so. It's just every church and every pastor must be sure that you are clean in all your ways. But are people wait. So you don't now begin to announce what you do. We, we gave people money in hospital so that they will not know. You know what I found out recently? Somebody told me, Mama Deboe got three awards from UN for welfare in African countries. She told them that they must not announce and no press must carry it. Let them keep saying that the dream is this, this one is that. They don't send. UN gave her now. It's on her table in her office. She gave a relief material to a particular African nation more than UN, so they gave her an award. But they don't talk about it. Yeah. It was a conference I went for recently that Bishop they was talking about how much they give it to Boko Haram infected area, and he will never know. Bishop Sikula doesn't even say, he won't talk about it. Let people talk till tomorrow. We are not obeying, they will not talk about it. Yes. After the first war that happened in Somalia, winners gave more than Nigerian governments, one, one church. And they will never talk about it. Ebola in Liberia. Reverend Sam gave them 120 million in Liberia for Ebola. They raised it one day in Desta. And they said, no pressure to talk about it. Because you are not pleasing men. But here we come a guy who has never given a dime to anybody. People love you when they are talking about the poor. Everybody, everybody becomes powerful. Then they accuse the rich. And when you accuse the rich, you will never be rich. That's the truth. Whatever, if, even if you notice something wrong about a rich man, why don't you make up your mind that I will be rich and I will do it the right way? That's the best way. You know what I'm trusting of? Honestly speaking, I've told you many times that one day this church will build hospital. It will be better than all the medical centers in Nigeria. As in all the teaching hospital and treatment will be free. The only people paying are politicians who will pay. <laughs> My brother, person, because I have seen it, I've seen those who have built universities, yeah, people pay. But sincerely, I went to their library in Covenant Christian, Covenant University. I've been from UI. I became ashamed of our library in UI. 
That's the truth. We used to boast of Kennedy K. How many floors? Five or six. I said, Marcy, like, wait, wait. And our books, you, okay. you will open our books and you catch hold. Dusty books on the shelf. And I said, I sincerely, since 1999 till now, no power outage once in one place. Not once. And they are not using Nigerian lights. They, they, they are driving their own lights. I think state government should learn from them that how do you do this? If you say tithes are not free, everything, they are optional. If I sit in church for 10 years and I don't give a tithe, nobody can arrest me. But you see, tax, tax is not optional. They will arrest you if you don't give it. And so we should learn. Say, come, how are you doing it? Yeah. Two states are in charge of loud tech investing. Two states, and they cannot. And they will talk about budget in trillions. And one man is running two universities, and they've never gone on strike once. And some people will abuse that kind of man. Governor should sit around that person and say, bros, how do they do them? Yes. <laughs> Amen. Are you following me? Are you following me? Let brotherly love. So that's, that's, that's what I want us to pay attention. See, offense, it blinds. When Paul started praying, and it is what wants to come into Christ, it's a lesson you have to master. How not to be picking offenses. Christians around you will offend you. You can go with people in visitation and go to someone's house. And it's all like, okay, oh. And then you are back, running your mouth. I go to his house. As he opened his feet like that, I just saw star. That brother. <laughs> what you are doing is, you got to know because you went on a mission. But telling people about it, you are betraying the brother. What you could have done, in his house, you could have spoken to him. That brother, are you still drinking? <laughs> and whatever you discuss is between the two of you. But you don't bring his issue out. People have been betrayed in church. And Matthew 24, 10, many shall be offended and they shall betray one another. Betrayal begins with offense. People getting offended. Sometimes in many older churches, they appoint deacons and somebody's not there and from that day. I believe the desire to betray Jesus came into Judas. The day he said that the money, honestly, you can, because you, are not, you were not there when Jesus was alive, you can overlook certain things now. When you say a pastor is controversial, Jesus was most controversial. Imagine a woman using her hair to wipe somebody's feet and pouring an expensive oil. If you were there, wouldn't you say something? My, wow, uh, which one is this? And <laughs> is it the son of God? A beautiful man, they use her hair, wipe his feet, and kissing it and pouring oil. This man is not holy. And when you put it on Facebook, they put, everybody will click like. <laughs> you hear, bam! And they put three aesthetics before it. <laughs> it sounds great. Or oh, you were there the day he spat on the ground. And he made the clear, put it somewhere. Ah! You record with your Samsung phone. And you put it on Facebook. This is what churches have turned to. He spat. He did not even brush that money. He spat on the ground. Put it on someone's eyes. And others will start commending. My brother, that's true talk. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? Imagine. But he said, I'm not 
endorsing stupidity that some people practice in the name of Christianity. No. I'm just saying that. Be careful. I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I watch Facebook and then you say things. You weep for church at times when you see certain things. What I do, I, honestly, I cry, I pray, and I'll just move on. Because the name of Christ is being messed up by so no doubt about it. But see, nobody can rob me the name of Jesus. Somebody can do something funny in his own little corner that can spark up reactions. But the foundation of God standeth sure. Having this seal, that the Lord knoweth those that are his, and let all who name the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. That's the truth. Hallelujah. Are you getting what I'm saying? So that's very important. So people can do a lot of naughty, stupid, stupid things. If you, the rule of the game is that once somebody is beginning to tell you to do something that is not in the Bible, take a walk. They cannot arrest you. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. Amen. Everybody say, offense must be avoided. When Jesus said that, that when Judas said that they can sell and give to the poor, and Jesus said that you always think about the poor, I believe that from that day, Judas started picking offense. That I will betray this man. Hallelujah. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 10, let's read. Paul said, and this is the prayer you should pray for a new Christian. People are joining Christ, coming to Christ. We should pray that it should be sincere without offense. Paul prayed, they said, that you may approve things that are excellent and be sincere without offense till the day of Christ. I have discovered that once you offend, you cannot be a man of excellent spirit again. So he said, I approve things that are excellent and be sincere without offense. Once you offend, you cannot be a man of an excellent spirit again. First Corinthians 12, First uh, Corinthians 15, the Bible says, no, sorry, Hebrews 12, 15, the Bible says that, lest there be a root of bitterness, springing forth and many become defiled. A root of bitterness. When offense is not treated, it becomes bitterness. And it begins to defile the person. Then you begin to walk in darkness. You have a brother that is richer than yourself. Maybe younger brother, maybe a cousin. And then you thought one time he should have helped about something because he did not. Now you're offended. And then bitterness can set you. You are quick to receive any wrong report about the guy. Bitterness sets in. You have a friend. You ask your friend to borrow you money. You just believe he has a lot of money and probably he does. And for some reason, it's a no dead offense. It begins to, and if it's not dealt, it becomes bitterness. You are bitter. And you're looking for, you won't know when you do something negative towards the person. And many of these negative battles will fight them with words. Somebody says something that does not even make sense about the person, but you believe it. There's a colleague that seems to always get every promotion. And you're already offended. You've done so much and you've not been recognized. But if Christians can put aside offenses, the amount of power we walk in will go maybe by 100 times in the body of Christ. Too many. Many of the ministers who have prayed for cancer patients, they have found that there are many cancer they are rooted. There are more women having, I think, cases of cancer that I've heard about on healing lines. More women than men. And most of those women, they married the man. They gave the man their haul. Maybe they were even the breadwinner at the beginning. And then after they became rich, the man left them for another woman. And the bitterness sits there. That's why forgiveness does not heal the person you are forgiven. It heals you. Yes. Truly, they were treated in a bad way by these men. Started together. Life running. I know it's a temptation that every man will face. When a man is poor, his wife will suffer. When a man is rich, he will be tempted against his wife. 
Because forever, the serpent and the woman don't see eyeball to eyeball. Satan will persecute women forever. You need the power of God to put it where it belongs. Because when God said in that garden, he said, I put hatred between you, he said, the serpent and the woman. There was no direct hatred put between man and serpent. Go and read Genesis chapter 3. Have you noticed? God said to the woman that you and the serpent, you will hate each other. And this is what the devil has always done. When a man is very broke, he's poor, the wife will be pregnant and be riding Okada. You see, you, you see that a lot. She can go and give birth in hospital where I have seen this kind of case before. All the equipment used on that were not sterilized. And then she came up. A lot of terrible things. She will suffer more. She's the one that will be bearing children. The children will be on her lap and poor people tend to give birth more. And the children are there. And the children are there. And she's suffering. They don't go to school. She's looking at them. When the same woman begins to pray, God help my husband, and the man becomes rich, he can get rid of the Esther and look at her and be like, you are not presentable. One day I went to the house, my, a friend of mine, the father professor. When we got, the mom sat down with rapper, no clothes. And the city room, watching African magic, Yoruba. Ah. And I said this inside, I said that. When your husband was adding, they married before the husband went to university. He was teaching before, so then later I went, when your husband was adding value to himself, you two should have, you should move, you should move, you should move. Yeah. A popular late lawyer in Nigeria that you all know. That was what created the fight between Sam Pastor Bakari, who was working under him then. His first wife, and he said, I, I can't, she can't speak English, I have to marry her. I said, But sir, you were the one that impregnated her when she should be in school. But also, you can't stay on one spot. Every time you pray for your husband to rise, as he's rising, some other women are hiring him. So there can be an offense. How many people say churches, they don't help people because they ask for help once and nobody answered them. You are forgotten. No church is the almighty God. There can be, sometimes we are 60 people who need rent in this church. We are 10 to 10. That's about all we can do. That's why we should train our people to learn how to put, all of us put faith. We to make projects. We pray and God answers. So the best thing a church can teach you is to teach you how to know God for yourself. Because they cannot sustain you. They are not God. That's why people get angry about things like this. I don't know. Nobody came to check me. All this one. If you are the type that you have noticed that somehow you like to complain, you need to go and pray. And ask God to adjust your heart. You know, some people, it's just normal with them to complain about everything. Once something does not go their way, they begin to complain. And it is dangerous in God's kingdom. It, causes, it will cause you to walk in darkness. Don't complain. Don't complain. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. Don't. Can you be a friend to a person who is very wealthy? And you go to his house, you see him buying new things, and you have need of 250, but you, you are not mentioning it. It is called discipline. You will last long with that kind of person. Kings will worship you when you are that kind of person. When you show up in Pala, they know that you are not here to ask them for anything. So when you counsel that kind of king, he will listen to you. Because you are not there because of what he has. You are there because of him. And that's very important. 
Oh, dear Lord Jesus, I have to stop here. Is someone blessed today? Hallelujah. Refuse to be offended. Refuse. If you are, I've been talking about marriage for a while. If you are your wife, your husband, mindset can easily be formed. Your spouse can offend you to the point that now you've developed a mindset that nothing good can come out of that person again. I remember what I told you last week. Whatever you don't put value on cannot be a blessing to you. What do you think of the person you are married to? What do you think of the people around you? What do you think of the church you are at? What do you think of the unit you are in? Those who rejoice in what God has given them and praise him and they value it, it will multiply in their hands. Those who don't, who scorn at it, complain, murmur, it will start depreciating. And it will look to you according to your confession every now and then. I end with this. Make no mistake about it. Sincerely speaking, your words determine your, words determine your future. What you are saying about your life and about your future, when you make this kind of statement that in this present Nigeria, no young man can be rich, you have sentenced yourself to a life of poverty because the sincere truth that there are young men who are rich and who are not dabbling into things. There might not be so many like that, but there are living examples. So when you start making statements like that, that you see, I know girls who are not married who are already earning about two million per, per month. When you start making statements like this one, that one, this is not, if nobody, nobody, nobody in Nigeria, nobody can, nobody can prosper without being a thief, then angels will wait for you to steal. And when you're a Christian, you steal, you'll be caught. See, those who profit in stealing are those who have been stealing from when they were small. When I was in secondary school, we'll be writing exams. Some Christians will now get tempted and want to cheat. Usually they will catch them. But the bad boys that started cheating from, under, from, from one never got caught. Because that's where, that's where they, you know. <laughs> when a good girl sleeps with a man, she's likely to get pregnant. When the veterans do it, <laughs> it changes nothing. I, I met a lot of innocent guys. I mean, they just say, Pastor, just once, 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 once. And they are so, and you feel their pain. That one said was a mistake. You know, dating one guy and then they got carried away, got carried away, you know. And there was romance. And then Satan also attended the meeting. <laughs> a friend of mine was praying one day and God opened his eyes. A boy and a girl, they were resting on the railings of their, the corridor of their house. The guy put his hand on the girl's neck and they were resting. And just saw a demonic creature, he put his hand on the two of them also resting. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Greater is it that is in us. Say, I walk in love. Say it again, I walk in love. I live there. In the name of Jesus Christ. I walk in love. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. I have never recovered from when I watch couples. Some years back, I love you, I love you, I love you. You are this one. The same lady we were elogizing before. That you could compose songs more than any other songwriter. Free of charge. When you now look at her, there is hatred, anger. Where is that coming from? Church must be taught on walking in love. It's a test. Sometimes it is difficult. But you have to do it. Yes. Sometimes someone will make it very hard on you. But you have to do it. 
There are things that fasting and prayer will not do for you. Only walking in love will. As a matter of fact, when you're on the mountain, binding and losing, and this thing is missing, it's an effort in fertility. How many women are very rebellious? How many men are monsters at home? Yet they go through dry fasting. You are just wasting your time. Nobody has told you. So the first lesson saints should learn when you come into Christ, you must be grounded and rooted in love. Working with other Christians is a temptation. They will offend you. They will step on your toes. Some get by by lying against others. As a pastor, you'll be misunderstood. I'm always prepared for this. I've been preaching from when I was in secondary school. I was teaching president for two years secondary school. Allegations, accusations, things. Just make sure you are not found where you should not be found. But not some kind of allegations. <laughs> some like uh, you are preaching. Somebody say it's me you are talking to about. You call two people, you adjudicate over a matter, and somebody will say you are taking side. Whatever pastors will face that kind of thing. People will bring you a case and tell the brother, you shouldn't have done that. And he goes back, he's saying that you are siding the other person. And the next thing, I mean, you don't see them in church again. All kinds of things. Somebody said, Pastor, I greeted you, did not answer. You know how many times I faced that in my life? And easily I will pull the person, I'm sorry. Sometimes what I'm thinking, naturally I, I smile, I pray, play with people. Many of you don't, so do I very close to me, you know very well. One minute I'm discussing football with you. As I'm walking away from you, I'm praying in tongues, going to my office. Because the Bible says you must be prepared at all times. Satan strikes when you least expect. And that's very, and you must learn to immediately learn how to revert quickly. It does that when you are not prepared for it. I sat down counseling somebody one day, and the next thing that came out of her mouth, I was asking about her family. She just said, Can you kiss me? And I said that, no. In addition, don't come here. <laughs> the session. So the boss was right to apologize. I called later. That I said, no, you, you cannot see me again. <laughs> First time you are a victim. Second time you are a volunteer. <laughs> ah, no, my name will not be found in some things. In Jesus' name. Yeah. So well, if you pray for a pastor, pray that way. All of us, we need God to guide us. The more you pray for those who are falling, the more protected you become. The more you discover that you don't yield to such temptations, the more you open your mouth and run when others are down, you are preparing your own fall in a grand, <laughs> in a very serious way. Learn to cover other people. But in covering people, tell people the truth. So I have said this before, you are qualified to correct somebody you have access to. But you don't have any business with somebody you don't have access to. If you have access to a person, whether it's a person, sir, this is wrong. You are called say the truth. And knowing your other, you are satisfied your conscience by saying what you should say. It's very important. But when there's someone there that you don't have access to, please leave those. Somebody has access to him. And somebody must have actually told him. God did not create the world in such a way that anybody is inaccessible. There is nobody. So it's not my business talking about another church, another pastor's wife, another pastor. But the people I have access to, I tell them the truth and they tell me the truth. Yeah. I have friends in my life. Anybody gives me a very luxurious car, I have friends in my life. When they come to my house, they are not impressed by the car. They are going to ask me to tell them the origin of the car. I, I stay in that kind of, I, can, that, I have a group like that, a group of five. The day one of us has something to do with another woman, they finish the people, and it helped him. Because we have all made a vow. When we sit together, be able to tell each other, and you must not get angry. 
So they will ask you that, sorry, where do you get this car? Are you saying that no cobalt came from church account? You must be able to say, okay, should I print statement of account for you and print my own account and see everything? If you say somebody gave you, they are going to call the person. They don't give this person this car. And then when they, after final, they will now join you to ride the car. Then you can drink Coke and rejoice. And so before they enter, they will ask you questions first. Why should I become unquestionable? I am not God. There's only one person that cannot be questioned. Amen. Amen. And in this end time, churches must get that. It's very important. Everybody must be accountable to somebody. You must have spiritual authority over your life, even if you are the pastor. And then you are accountable to the leaders of the church who are leaders with you also. They should be able to stand with you and ask questions. And you must not get angry. You able to say, this is it. Balance is necessary. There is this side of everybody wants to attack pastor. There is this side also some people wanting nobody to say that balance is important. We should just put it the way the Bible puts it. Elders. Even Paul went to Jerusalem to defend the gospel. And he stood before elders and he said, this is the gospel I'm preaching. He explained to all of them. And the Bible said they gave him the right hand of fellowship. That brother, you are doing well. And that's why that's where it's supposed to be. Shall we rise? Thank you for listening to the teaching of Pastor Shola Oshumakinde. We believe you have been blessed. Worship with us at David's Court, number 25 Mojidi Street, off Towing Street, Ikeja, Lagos. On Sundays, our first service starts by 8 a.m. and our second service by 10 a.m., while our midweek service starts by 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. Go and do great things. God bless you.